Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. We're in a series called Never Stand Alone. It's really all about pushing towards community, towards groups, towards connection. Uh, We've said this statement time and time again, we all need connection, but we drift towards isolation. So we know, sometimes we know what we need, but we just, oh, to be be vulnerable sometimes can feel like a weight or a burden, uh, and sometimes you just don't want to go there, but it's what God has intended us to have, which is connection with Him and with people. So the first week we, we spoke about no one stands alone, everyone needs God, someone Everyone needs someone and somebody needs you. And that's why I have to honor the group leaders because somebody needs them to create space so other people can connect. And so really appreciate them uh, participating that way in the same way our team. Uh, we need people welcoming people as they come in because it just makes it easier for them to feel more at home, accepted as they come in the door sometimes. <laughs> If no one, you come into places and it's really clicky, you can't even hear the message because you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. You can't even worship or even try to question what's going on in the service because you're, you're feeling offended a little bit at these people don't really like me or your mind's playing tricks. Can anyone give me an amen to that? Has anyone been there where you get into a space or a room or some sort of uh, gathering and you just feel like I don't fit in? And so that's why I love the church was always intended to be a place of diversity, of all ages, of all races. And and I just love that we are becoming that church. Uh, We're on that journey, and it's exciting. Week two, we talked about uh, the children of Israel in the desert were guided by a cloud. The cloud represents the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit often takes us places which are not comfortable. Why? To bring wholeness so we become more like Christ. And were effective on, with this time on earth. So the cloud led them to the same. They had to eat the same food. And sometimes we don't realize it, but actually God moves often through the same thing. And if, I give the example. If you come in here and you like the music for the first time and it was great for a few weeks. But after a while, whether it's a month or a few months or a year, you're going to get bored of just the music. And you, you're going to have to go deeper. And that's how we get freed from all sorts of problems. And I'm going to, that's our topic today, about going deeper. And then finally, we, we spoke about how the cloud brought them through the unknown. And when we trust the Father and we trust God, listen, they knew where they were supposed to get to. They just didn't know how to get there. Maybe that's the same for you today. You, you know what freedom looks like. You know what healthy looks like, but you just don't know how to get there. Uh, and, and so we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to start with the Scriptures um, who knows that's a great place to start. We're not just giving you self-help initiatives here or, or chat. This is from the Bible, the Word of Life. Um, in the book of Acts 2, this is the early church. I want to set the frame for this. The early church. This is, as a church, this is where we take. Everything we do comes from the early church. So, if you come from a Catholic background, a traditional Protestant background, an Orthodox background, I was talking to someone on the way in, they came from that background. This predates all of that. All of those stems and those branches came from the early church. Yeah? And so, so we're getting back to the original church.
church. Who knows that's a great place to go. Gets rid of all of the things that maybe were made up by man. It's back to basics. Can you get an amen? Are you fired up? I believe God can really change our life if we, if we dig into this today. So, so Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, it says this. They're, uh, they're speaking to the early church uh, and reporting on some of the things which are happening. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse, this is Paul, perverse generation. Now, let's just stop there. <laughs> some of you are freaking out right now because you think the world's a mess and it's chaotic and there's all this confusion, you know, there's problems with people, uh, you know, with gender, with all, all these kind of different ideas, identity problems, and you think the world is a mess. Well, it seems that Paul is speaking about the exact same type of world that we live in today. Save from this perverse generation. I think that same perverse generation is still applying to us today. Can anyone agree with me? Then those who gladly receive his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Some of you are like, oh, why do you put your hands up at the end of the sermon for people who want to get saved? Well, how did they know that there was 3,000? I don't like the way they do the response time and ask people to respond. Well, how did they know 3,000 people got saved? They counted, obviously, at some point, whatever way it looked like, whether they came and registered and say, I got saved today, or they put their hands up, there was a response. So that's why we do response time. For those of you that maybe would have that question. And they continued, what's this? Steadfastly. Everyone says steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Everyone say prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles' This is apostles with a capital A. These are the apostles of the people at the very beginning of the church who had witnessed Christ in person, and therefore they were the ones called to build the church, to establish the church, to find the church in its purest form. So that's why we go back to the purest form as we look for something to follow. Now, all who believe were together. Everyone said together. And had all things in common, which was Christ. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That's kind of radical, but that's an amazing community to be a part of. You know, that's what we're trying to aim for here. There was a real commitment to the body of Christ. There's a real commitment to the local church. There's a real commitment to one another. And it was sacrificial. It was heartfelt. So continually, daily with, with one accord in the temple, watch this, they went to church daily. Not weekly. Daily. And so as a church, listen, culturally, it's weekly with us. I understand life is busy, but, but if we're doing once a month, I don't think we can build the church that we see here. If we're doing once every three months, I don't think you're going to experience these kind of miracles. I don't think you're going to experience the kind of freedom that the church here had. Because watch, it goes on to say, so continually, or continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. 
groups. Groups. They were doing groups. Groups was a priority. They ate their food with gladness. Anyone eat their food with gladness? <laughs> and simplicity of heart. Life was simple. They didn't complicate it. They weren't confused about who they were. They knew exactly who they were, who God had ordained them to be. They weren't trying to go with their feelings and their ideas and what the culture was telling them. It was simple. Praising God and having favor with all people. Who knows it's good to have favor with all people? Who knows life is going well when you've got favor with all people? It doesn't mean life is perfect or life doesn't have storms. It just means when you're in a storm, there's some people you can call. There's some people to talk to. And then when they're in a storm, they're calling you. Unity, together, we're better together. We're stronger together. That's, that's a powerful community to be a part of. It's actually, it just, it's family. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that kind of loving, sacrificial community? Who wouldn't feel safe and looked after and secure in that kind of community? Listen, we're, we're forming, that's what we're forming into. We're, we're on a journey. We're maturing. We're growing. But that's our goal. That's our goal. And as we get more people who get this, surrender their life to Christ, we will get better with age. Who wants to get better with age? I don't know about you. It's easy to come in and come out. There's people I've seen who've been in church their whole life, and they've got worse with age. They're not becoming more loving, more caring, more sacrificial. They've become more bitter, more hardened. More, more. That's my seat. Hey, that's my row. That's our family row. We've been here for 10 years. <laughs> what? It's more like a monument. It's a statue. It's, it's cement. It's stiff. Have you ever been in a place where it's stiff? It's dead. There's no life. There's no pursuit. See, God didn't sent his son Jesus to die for a monument. He came to die for a movement. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of God moves. It challenges the heart. It calls us to repentance. It calls us to give up on our ideas and submit to his. And the result is freedom. The result is favor. The results are good. Are you still with me? That's only a warm-up. <laughs> and so today's message is called, It's Time to Go Deeper. It's time to go deeper. Let's pray. God, we just pray and thank you that you've called us into the deep. God, we thank you that your ways are absolutely higher than our ways. Even though we have ideas and we have thoughts, we get complicated, we get confused. God, we submit to your ways today. I pray you speak through me. Touch our hearts. Help us to make decisions. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. It's time to go deeper. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to go deeper. <laughs> Turn to your least favorite neighbor, the other one, and say, it's time for you to go deeper too. <laughs> See, when we think about, when we think about deeper, we think a simple analogy is a seed, and I actually stole this off Thomas Hitchard, a preacher, 
talking about this, about a seed. And when a seed is planted, it doesn't just go into the same portion of soil equal to itself. It's not like this much of seed and this much of soil. It's this much of seed and this much of soil. And it's planted deep in it, surrounded. See, as people, we were supposed to be planted in the house of the Lord. Not just with one-to-one, not just going to counseling sessions with yourself. Please don't do that. You will go crazy. How do I know? I've been there. Things got more complex. Sometimes you need some people to call out your blind spot. Not to hurt you, but to help you. But it is more faithful to have a wound from a brother. Yeah? than to have encouraging words from an enemy. (laughs) That happens. And so we got to go deeper like a seed planted in the soil, in the body, when we're surrounded by all the different parts, then the church begins to operate the way God designed it to be, and you will have favor, and you will see breakthrough, but you're going to have to come close. You're going to have to go deep. Uh, A few years, well... A few years ago, an event happened relationally with me. I was trying to find my lovely wife, Anna, and I was on a journey. And I probably experienced a wound, a relational wound, where I felt betrayed, hurt. Didn't, I just reacted naturally, and I probably made a vow to myself that no one would ever hurt me like that again. And all that done for me was it put up a massive wall. I didn't realize I had done this. I just reacted and said this to myself, and... Honestly, 10 years went past and I was still struggling to connect to a woman. I had mistrust. I had a problem that was deep. And I was trying to fix it on the surface. I kept trying to, all these different strategies, if I just find this type of woman or this type of girl or this kind, she likes this kind of stuff, then I would eventually connect. I, it just never happened. I, I actually became quite dysfunctional in that area couldn't think clearly. I was in my own head, wasn't taking advice because I thought I could figure it out myself. I tried so hard. I promise you, I tried hard. And uh, until eventually I had to start saying to myself, maybe there's something deeper than just the surface. Maybe I'm going to have to look beyond other people and their problems and what they don't have that fits me or opens my heart. Maybe I need to do some work in me. And so I had to go to counseling just to get feedback, look at my blind spots, and then eventually, you know what? In the end, it was quite simple. (laughs) I had complicated it. I had made made it worse than it really was. It was quite simple, and really what it was is I didn't want to be vulnerable again. And vulnerability came with a feeling, especially after you're hurt. And the only way for me to get through that time to overcome that was to be willing to sit in vulnerability and rewrite my story and to forgive the people of my past and understand that they were humans just like me, the same way I'd hurt people because I was hurt. They were sinners just like me. And until I dealt with those things and realized that the cross isn't just for me, it's for everyone, then I had to suffer dysfunction. I had to suffer my own idea, with my own ideas and identities and strategies and wasted so much time, cost, so m- cost myself pain and others pain around me. 
Why? Because I didn't go deeper. Because I didn't look inside and, and I just, it was easier to look to the outside. Who knows it's easier to blame other people than to deal with your own issues. But I'm telling you, you can do that until dead dot. You can do that until the end of your days, but you will never see God's favor in that area of your life until you dig deep and deal with the real issue at heart. I'm telling you, there's freedom available here today. The Bible promises that, that, that the Son came to bring truth. And when we, we submit to His truth, freedom is a byproduct. Simplicity is a byproduct. That's why the world we live in today is far from simple. Even health professionals, no offense to any health professionals, but some of the people I'm listening to, psychologists, are advising people, just go with what you feel. What? Are you for real? The Bible says, guard your heart above all else for the issues of life. Come out of it. What's that mean? I can't listen to my heart most of the time. But I can guard it. And the truth will bring... It's the same way the kids' ministry, we have walls in there for a reason. Why? Because the kids will be down in Brownstown, Lurgan, within about five minutes if we didn't have boundaries. Safe boundaries for them to play in. Then, hey, go within those boundaries, be creative, make mistakes, have fun. But there's boundaries. There's a guard. Can I get an amen? Who's glad for the walls? You can pick your kids up after safely. <laughs> it's simple. But it's also chaotic in there too. Um, so I want to start a few things I've seen from this scripture. Um, if you're taking notes, this is our first point. They were steadfast. They were steadfast. What does steadfast mean? Simply put, firmly fixed in place. Those walls are firmly fixed in place. It's not an emotion. It's not an if or a but. It's not if I feel good today or not. Listen, if we didn't have some people who were steadfast in the kids' ministry, we would have kids' ministry one week and then not the next. We would have youth ministry one week and then not the next week. We would have worship one week and not the next. We would have production one week and not the next. We would have preaching one week and not the next. Why? I don't, I don't always feel like coming here in the morning. I don't always feel like going to church, praying at the beginning. I don't always feel like it, but when I leave, I'm always glad that I came. I don't always feel like doing my bread book every morning, but when I do it, I'm so glad that I did. I don't always feel like forgiving that person. Actually, most of the time, I don't. But when I come under the submission and the authority of Scripture, I'm so glad I did. I don't always feel like going to the counselor and digging deep about emotional stuff. Come on, man, you're with me. I know you are. I don't feel like talking about feelings all the time. Like, oh. I don't feel like it, but when I do it, I'm so glad I did. Because you cannot rewrite the subconscious beliefs that have been put into your soul, whether it's unintentionally or intentionally, you can't rewrite, rewrite that without bringing it up and digging deep. And here's the problem in this fast-paced life where we're trying to go from A to B, trying to build this, build that. You know the problem with digging deep? It looks like stopping. It looks like a pause. When we do our daily devotion, oh, but, but I've got to do that. I want to run. I've got to go. I want more sleep. 
looks like stopping your sleep 15 minutes early, 30 minutes early. It looks like stopping work to create space to slow down your soul to do your relationship with God. And let that be the thermostat for your daily routine, not just with God, with people, with your family, with your friends. Stop and listen. They were steadfast. Turn to your neighbor. This is really interactive today. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you can be steadfast too. Two, the second thing I've seen within that scripture, they didn't compromise the truth. Watch this. Early church, apostles, doctrine. The church, the belief of the church hasn't changed in 2,000 years, and it's not about to. And the churches that change those things are going the wrong way. They're not leading people into freedom. They're not leading people into truth. They're not leading people into the identity that God has for them. You see, when we become born again, you know what you're saying? I'm brand new. Yes, my old self was confused about this, that, and the other, and I'd just done what it wanted. Yes, my old man had his own sinful ideas, but I'm a new man. I'm a new person. I'm a new baby. It's a new beginning. I'm now under the lordship, the kingship of Jesus. I'm doing things his way now. Not, the old man died. He was a mess. He was confused. He was not liberated. He was living in bondage and slavery. I'm a new man now. There's a new set of ways of doing things. I'm, I'm trusting God's way above mine. That's what we're saying. So, so the feelings don't even come into it. The ideas of the old man don't come into it. You have now a new identity which is found in Christ. Can I get an amen? It's simple. It's powerful. And it will bring favor to your life. I 100% believe that. See, we all need connection, but we drift towards isolation. The ways of the flesh, the sin nature in us will always drift to artificial, will always drift to stuff that seems like life change on, on, on the front end, but on the back end, the full picture, it's bondage. It's slavery again. So I've actually seen this post on the internet. I can't remember the guy that posted it, but I thought it was right on point with what I'm trying to say here. So here's a few slides from his, from his, um, the gram. First one, Ethan. So, so here's, here's two examples. Someone who's living with Jesus, I, I'm just thankful that Jesus paid a price for my sin and gave me a, eternal life, give me life eternal. I stand on that promise. I'm not just living for this earth, I'm living for eternity. You have someone else who's living with Jesus, but compromising, just kind of half in, half out. These are the results. Next slide. With Jesus plus nothing, nothing attached. It's just I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for, for, for his sacrifice. Um, but then compromising Jesus plus, as long as you give me my needs, my wants, then I'm good. But as soon as you take them away, I'm, I've got a problem. Next slide. With Jesus willing, watch this, this hit me. If you're not compromising, you'll even be willing to die and suffer for the gospel. 
deep. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to I live a life that I'm willing to die for something. You see the men stepping up and going to war. They're willing to die for their family. They're willing to die for their nation. And Jesus is even, even more worthy than that. that, that something rise, once we start to think about this, something rises up. There's fight. There's something natural. Especially, I think in men too, especially, we need that to come alive. Compromising faith dies in the sight of minimal suffering. Oh, it's inconvenient. I can't be steadfast today. Oh, I don't feel so good. I've got a wee cold. Big Johnny Walker still here with the cold. <laughs> Suffering well for the gospel. <laughs> Next slide. With Jesus values repentance as a gift from God. With Jesus but compromising views repentance as an excuse to live in sin. Come on, some of you have been, to, been in those mindsets. I know my wife Anna was probably brought up in that mindset when she was in Poland. It was kind of like, hey, just go, to, you know, go confess just to get yourself freed for a few days and then go party the next day. And then I'll get back to the confession booth a week later. That's a mentality, that's a teaching, and that's a culture. But that's not what the early church was about. Can I get an amen? As we've seen some of the, the, you know, the, the apostles were beheaded for their faith, died for their faith. There was something a lot more real and worth dying for than, than just that. With Jesus, accepted Jesus and walks in new life. With Jesus and compromising, accepted Jesus and walks in the same lifestyle. <laughs> There's no change. I just get, a, I get to put my hands up and worship for a few minutes a week. And it's a bit exciting to be a part of the body, but not really seeing life change. With Jesus, read Scripture regularly and views it as God's Word allows it to change you. With Jesus, but compromising, reads Scripture scarcely and views it as inspirational, allowing to, to merely inspire you, like in a motivational book. That's never been its intention. With Jesus, friends of sinners, with Jesus, but compromising joins in sinner's sin. Lastly, this is a challenge. This is a hard-hitting verse in the Scripture. It says, Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. So you can see here, it's very easy if we're not careful that we just play church, that we just sit in the pew week by week, you see what happened when the, there was a fear of the Lord came upon the church? Then God started to work in all his fullness. Because why? They went deeper. It was real. They weren't playing games with God. You see, what you believe is what you're building. What you believe is what you're building. There's a scripture, and I was reading this in my bread during the week. And it says this, whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on the earth. Well, he's speaking to the disciples. Uh, will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on the earth. Will have already been loosed in heaven. 
Now, let me explain what's going on. When we talk about binding and loosening, you could say it's like coming into agreement or shaking hands or, or tying together. Bind. There's a tight grip to pull, to sway, to move something. So if we're trying to tow a car, we bind on a rope to pull it with us because there's a strong bond and connection. The Bible says that a, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. That because they, if you look at a rope, there's three strands interwoven. And when that happens, the rope becomes significantly stronger to pull things and to carry weight. And so they're talking about here, there's a situation with Peter and James uh, where the Gentiles who were the non-Jewish believers and then the Jewish believers, uh, there was confusion about what they should do. So the Jewish believers were enforcing circumcision on the Gentiles. <clears throat> and Peter and James had to go and loosen the Gentiles and say, hey, listen, we're going to loosen you off this requirement because you're not a Jew. And Jesus came and fulfilled the laws. You do not need to fulfill those laws in order to have right standing with God. Are you with me? And so he went, there was a rope tied around them in a sense. They were binded to a way of doing things or a law which didn't apply to them. And because of it, it was actually causing them, they didn't understand it, it wasn't their culture. It was actually causing them to maybe fall or, or it was becoming a wedge between them and the Father and their understanding of, of what Jesus on the cross. So I thought Jesus paid for this, but we still have to live in the law. And so they, they, they loosened that and those people were freed from circumcision. Who's glad that we're free from circumcision as Christian Gentiles? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so the same principle <laughs> applies for some of the men are like, yes, amen. Praise you, Lord. We love you. So the same principle applies when we come in line with Scripture. What we believe is what we're binded with. So, so what does it bring salvation to us? Our belief that Jesus is Lord, that He's paid for our past, present, and future sins, once we bind to that, then the, there's a loosening of sin. If we understand it the correct way. There's a loosening in our identity of, as who we are. We're no longer, uh, we, no long, we no longer are binded to the idea that I'm a sinner. We're now, we loosen that, uh, that identity and we bind to, no, I'm a new creation in Christ. And once we change that deeply rooted belief in our word, in our heart, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then what happens is, is there's a shift in your beliefs. Well, what's that even matter? Well, let's talk. Is there any kids in here? There's a few. Is there? Above the age of eight? You still believe in Santa? I'll not go there. But my, my point is that when we change our belief, all of a sudden those ideas that we got excited about around December, you with me? As soon as, soon as we get truth all of a sudden, we loosen the ideas of uh, someone on the roof. Come on, we're, we're speaking that language, you know, the way your parents used to do, just spell it out. We're, we're loosening the idea of the chimney thing. 
We're loosening those ideas, and once you loosen that idea, when the belief shifts, the dreams disappear, the letters disappear, the excitement often disappears. Why? Belief. So I'm going to invite a friend of mine up. Come on, put hands together for Thomas. And so we spoke last week just about going deeper and kind of sometimes things can get boring, but we need to go deeper. And, and, and Thomas actually bravely, courageously wanted to talk to me during the week and just share some things. And as we were speaking, and I was sharing just my story. Why? Because we were close and we went deeper. I was just sharing a few things in my life that had happened and seeing if Thomas could take anything from that. Once we got to that point, then we said, hey, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak. And so Thomas was sharing something, and he was at a stage where it was kind of surface, and you were like, I don't know why there's these symptoms in my life where you know, there's frustrations, there's things coming out that I don't like. No, shouldn't be there. But I don't know why. So, so I was like, well, let's dig. And how we dug was essentially, Thomas, with me, as we see in the Scripture, were two or more, they, they used to, what is binded in heaven, or what is binded in earth would be bound in heaven. So as we come together, two or more, um, that was actually legal language. So as I'm coming and I'm uh, agreeing with what we declare, then what is happening is there's a binding process happening. And there's just something about having a witness that God has created this system when we witness to one another and we, we back each other up. There's a, there's a strong bond between me, Thomas, and God, like a three, like a rope, like three strands. And what happens is breakthrough. Okay, so I says, hey, Thomas, ask the Holy Spirit. And we just pray, and I was just with him, and, and we're just in an attitude of worship. And something came up that was random that he had never probably thought about in a long time. And then it's like, that's good. That was just came out of nowhere. Let's ask the Holy Spirit again. There's still something there. Done it again. Something else came to his mind that he hadn't thought about in probably, you can explain that in a second, in years. And then I'm like, right, this is what happened, but it was wrong. Those words that were spoken over you were wrong. Because no one has the right to speak over you apart from your creator. And so we're going to speak right, we're going to reject, we're going to loosen those beliefs. And we're going to bind with God's beliefs. Are you with me? And I'm going to be there to back you up as a brother and to, as a witness, and we're going to break free from this bondage right there now. And, and listen, it's going to be a pro, he's going to have to keep reminding himself of who he is as those things kick up, as he's rejigging his mind and his beliefs and his mental real estate. But this first step was taken. So, so Thomas, you can explain just from your point of view how that looked. Well, I suppose just to start off, one of the worship songs that we were um, singing this morning a few lines jumped out at me. So, every stronghold will crumble. Yes. I hear the chains hit the ground. And that's it, summed up in one. Um, and just, just as Phil said, you know, the two of us were witnessing together with God. It's like a, it's like a chord in a, a musical chord. There's always three parts to that. And if you don't have that, it's not in harmony. So, I suppose from that point of view, we were in harmony with God. So, you know, from... from 
I've spoken about this with Phil uh, during the week. Things have changed dramatically for me, and, and, and you're 100% right. I do. I, I am on a journey, and there will be times that it, I, I'll struggle, and, and I'll have to dig deep as we're talking about. But I suppose to get to the nitty-gritty of why I came to you, um, it was basically just, you know, I've been struggling for, for a while now, probably, probably a number of years, if I'm honest. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to do things my own way, and trying to really figure things out on my own. And as we know, that's never going to end well. Um, so I just, after last week's sermon with Phil, um, I just felt really on my heart and felt really strongly that I needed to go deeper um, and really dig deep and, and, and find, find the nitty-gritty and get to the root cause of the problem. So as Phil said, we, we, we unpacked all of that and really, really got to the root cause of it. And, and I have to say... You know, those chains were left behind in that moment. You know, we did unpack all of that. We did get to the nitty-gritty of it. And, you know, I walked out of this place. I came in. I came in a very burden, burdensome, pers burdensome person with a lot of weight on my shoulders and a lot of stress and anxiety and all of the emotions that come with that. And I left this building after speaking to this man totally free, totally at peace, and it's all for the glory of God. So... I suppose, I suppose what I'm saying here now is everyone in the room this morning and online, if you feel like you're struggling with something and you really need to speak to someone about that, do it. Just do it. Go deeper. Really do speak. Reach out to someone, whether that's a friend, family member, pastor, whoever that is, do it. Because I promise you, and if you really put your faith in the Word of God, it will make all of the difference. I promise you that. <laughs> hey, it makes all the difference when someone has the courage to actually share what God has done. So thank you, Thomas. And, and here's what I want to point to. I done nothing fancy whatsoever. I didn't have a preacher voice. I didn't like say it in a certain way. Oh, we present you. I didn't let, like slap him on the head as he went down and hit the floor. I didn't do anything like that. I promise you. We literally just shared as brothers, asked the Holy Spirit, aligned our prayers after that with Scripture, and and just we agree. We bind in Jesus' name. And all Thomas has to do now to stay free is to go back to the basics of where the problem was and bind again. Repeat what was done in prayer. God, I thank you. I was there that day with Phil. We done that. I forgive that person again. I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven. I'm set free. Repeat. Repeat. Why? Because those little whispers will come back. But they will distance themselves the more you repeat. And listen, there's too many people and we're in here and we're walking wounded. We're walking with burdens and weights. And the Bible says that we need to cast them off. And the church body is designed for just that. Groups are designed for just that. So if you're going for advice, go to someone who understands how to do this simply and doesn't make it about themselves, makes it about Jesus. Amen? I'm going to finish up soon. Three, this showed up daily. Show, you know, half the battle of breaking free, of living the life God has for you, is to show up 
before God, show up before God's people, show up to group, show up regularly, steadfastly, to show up when you feel good, show up when you feel bad. Show, you probably need to show up more when you're feeling guilty and full of shame and you have issues, right? That's actually probably a trigger point for when you do need to show up all the more. But so often, that's when we sidestep. That's when we, oh, I'm just going to stay in bed. That's when we decide, I'm just going to stay stuck with my burdens and my issues. I'm going to go on to Instagram to see if there's any therapy on there. I promise you, there's not. <laughs> Fourth, they had favor. See, God's ways promotes God's favor. You can't expect, so I heard someone talk to me about this before, where you're coming up for prayer and you're coming up for breakthrough or communion, whatever it is, but you're coming up, but you're, you still haven't obeyed God in certain areas of your life are aligned with what he has called you to do and you're looking for breakthrough. I'm, t- I'm telling you, don't expect God to move in your life until you're willing to submit to his ways. You're wasting your time. Because <laughs> God God's holy. He is set up. It's, it's not by chance. It's, it's in the details. He set up his church to function in certain ways. As humans, he set us up to function in certain ways. And until we do that, breakthrough cannot come. So, so don't waste your time believing for breakthrough and praying endless prayers about stuff that's never really going to work if you're not willing to first surrender and trust God. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life, and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.